That declaration that the angels made 2,000 years ago is a declaration to us. Give glory to God in the highest, and on earth let there be peace on those on whom His favor rests. Let the favor of Jesus rest on you. When you think about Christmas, think about His favor resting on you. Think about His promises resting on you. Think about His goodness. He's more than enough. This is Big C, Little C, a podcast from Current Church in Franklin, Indiana, where we explore how the local church fits in with the global church and how the kingdom is at work on a local level. Current Church meets on Sunday nights at 6 at The Gear in Franklin and exists to encounter God, equip the church, and engage the world. We believe that whatever God is going to accomplish in this world, He is going to do through the church Big C. These are our stories and the testimony of the power of God in everyday lives. Find out more at currentchurch.net or look for us on Facebook and Instagram. Now here's your host, Jeremy. Well, Merry Christmas, Current Church. Not a minute too soon. I know we're pushing this one to the limit. Had big plans for uh, a full new Christmas podcast episode this year. But like most things this year, we're improvising. So we're going to reach back into the archives the last couple years worth of Christmas shows. And also we're going to hear a timely Christmas message from Frontman Gene. Hope that you have... um, the family in your prayers, those who are quarantining, those who are sick, those who are on the mend, those who have recently had surgery. We're looking forward to a bevy of new testimonies uh, in the coming year. Speaking of the new year, our annual Coffee with the Front Man episode happening in January. If you have any Ask the Front Man questions, get them to me in person or maybe um, text or Facebook Messenger or email at butels at gmail.com. And if you want to be on the podcast in 2021, by all means, make your request known. I would like to hear your story. Uh, this podcast will turn two years old. Uh, will turn three years old, beg your pardon, in April. And the the purpose of the podcast was that I'm a believer in story and the power of story. I believe everyone has a story. We want to help you tell yours. Uh, Having gotten to everybody yet, and some people we have gotten to multiple times, that's not um, on purpose. Um, But there's nothing wrong with repeat visits to the Big C, Little C podcast. And one of those joining me now is Warner Swopes. Warner, thank you for stopping by. Yeah, thank you. Wanted to have you for uh, Christmas this year because I remember uh, a story that you told last year about your singing chops <laughs> and your love for the um, song Oh Holy Night. I know you and I share a similar love for all things Christmas. Yeah. Oh Holy Night also being my favorite um, sacred Christmas song. So the story resonated with me. Um, if you don't mind, tell the story again yeah. and then I'm going to ask a huge favor from you. Yeah. 
So this song that I, I love Oh Holy Night. Absolutely love that song. And there's so much about it. Vocally, it's so rich. And I remember when I was in choir for the first time, my choir teacher told my mom in a, uh, and, and I actually really, I love this choir teacher. Even to this day, she's really great. She's awesome. Um, but when she had her first parent-teacher conference with my mom, she said, uh, Warner's pretty tone deaf. I don't know if we'll ever get the solid pitches, but he's so passionate and he loves to sing. She's like, she's like, he, he tries so hard. It's great. But, um, one of the things I, I was able to do to overcome that is just, um, like singing this song. My dad's, uh, at my dad's church, there's this guy who would sing this every year and he was in the same, uh, he went to the same school I did, but he, you know, he's, he's a little older than, obviously older than me. I went to school with his kids, but, um, he would sing it and just like, he he's like this had this beautiful tenor voice it's, it's like oh holy night and and that's what I, I just remember being like man he's his voice is so beautiful in this song and what how's he doing it and um singing this song helped me learn how to breathe correctly in a song because there's you have to breathe there's so like specific times you have to breathe when you sing this song and it also helped me to get in the right place like they always talk about um, like i don't know if you've ever been in choir or whatever but they always talk about the head voice and Mm -hmm. like how to get to that place and the difference between that and falsetto and how to transition from the two because i can sing in a falsetto and i can sing in my normal voice but i and even to this day i can't do it in most songs but in this song i can i can transition from one to the other flawlessly and it's because this song just has such a natural transition from those two i i I really love it i think i think this is a a real a real life christmas miracle story (laughs) um and so i would love to put it into practice i would love to hear uh warner swopes (laughs) uh sing a holy night i've got the accompaniment track right here handy for you i could do that um but no we want to hear you sing would you do that on the big c little c podcast i would i would love that actually i (laughs) i'll cue it up for you oh yeah here's warner swopes the tone-deaf boy who could sing a holy night. Oh, mm-hmm. 
better than I thought it would be, actually. That's Warner Swopes with A Holy Night on the Big C Little C podcast. And now, a trip down memory lane two years ago, Michelle Banta blessed us with this gem. What child is this who lay to rest on Mary's lap is sleeping whom angels greet with anthem sweet while shepherds watch our It's the 2020 Big C Little C podcast Christmas episode that was Michelle Banta from the archives. I should add accompaniment by Jim Palmer. Hope that uh, you're keeping Jim and Kathy in your prayers. Hope you're keeping Ernie Fiesel in your prayers. Let's think of Ernie right now and revisit his a cappella song from a couple years ago on the podcast. This song kind of uh, brings back some memories. I've known this uh, song as made by Gene Autry. And uh, if you don't know who Gene Autry, he was a singing cowboy. And that tells you how old I am. But at any rate, um, it kind of goes along with what I feel like God is. He wanted me to share a few minutes about Christmas. And sometimes we get to, when we were young, we would uh, go and see Santa Claus at the mall or the store or whatever, get on his lap, tell him everything we wanted. Hopefully that we'd get everything from it. But when Christmas Day came, it wasn't all there. So they couldn't really depend upon Santa Claus. And this song talks about Santa Claus. There's no music with it, but just my voice. So hold in there. If it doesn't snow on Christmas, how's Santa going to use his sleigh? In case of rain, will there be a train that'll speed him on his way? If it doesn't snow on Christmas, how's Santa get around to us? If he breaks down on his way to town, will they let him use a bus? I've sent him a nice long letter, and I hope it's not in vain. I'd really feel much better if I knew he could fly a plane. People say he has eight reindeers for the sleigh he's riding in. But how he'll go if it doesn't snow on Christmas this year. Ernie Fiesel on the Big C Little C podcast as we take a trip down memory lane. Uh, after the break, we're going to hear 
a very timely message, very timely Christmas message even, from frontman Gene. Over the years, there were many ties and socks for Dad at Christmas, but this year was going to be different. I was going to find out what Dad truly wanted. The timing was perfect. Mom in the kitchen, Dad coming out of his meatloaf coma. And then the question. Uh, Dad, what do you want for Christmas? Without hesitation, my dad got a glean in his eye and said, I want a 14 by 25 foot steel reinforced, lifetime guaranteed, stainless steel, collapsible ladder. Ooh. What happened next was inevitable. No, you'll throw your back out, Ken. Oh no, there it was. Mom had used the maneuver of which there was no defense. I knew there was only one thing to do if I was to save Christmas. I called LeafGuard. The only person on the roof this holiday season should be Santa. Give you and your parents peace of mind with LeafGuard. Call 546-0600 and receive a $200 gift card and 75% off labor. But you must call now. LeafGuard. Ever since we were little, it's something we would all get excited about. The time of year when the mercury begins its journey down and temperatures creep towards a magical 32 degrees. For that's when we could see our first snowflake. And the outdoors would soon become an endless world of possibilities, as it does every year in Michigan. When a simple snowball can turn into a perfect snowman, winding trails turn into endless adventures that take our breath away. Ponds turn into lucky fishing holes or hockey rinks for an annual family game. Toboggans become rocket ships and ski hills echo with shrills of laughter and delight. There's no end to all that can happen after the temperature hits 32 degrees or the joy that can be shared in pure Michigan. Your trip begins at Michigan.org. Look at it. It really is beautiful, Clark. Something else, huh, Russ? Yeah, Dad. Isn't it a beaut, Audrey? She'll see it later, honey. Her eyes are frozen. Most enduring traditions of the season are best enjoyed in the warm embrace of kith and kin. <laughs> the three are the symbol of the spirit of the Grithwald family Christmas. This is Big C, Little C, a podcast from Current Church. Luke chapter 2, um, I just want to focus on one verse here, and um, since we probably all know the story, uh, Mary and Joseph were uh, headed to Bethlehem to be, uh, she was already pregnant with child uh, from the previous chapter, the Bible says that she was, uh, an angel of the Lord appeared to her and said um, that she was highly favored and blessed among women, and that she was going to be impregnated by the Holy Ghost, pretty powerful, never happened before or since. And then um, chapter two, you find out that they're taking a census and they have to go pay tax. You know, they have to go pay taxes, and so they have to go to Bethlehem. It doesn't matter how pregnant you are; you have to go back to your hometown uh, to, to pay taxes and all that stuff. So they're on their way back, and uh, Mary becomes a child. There's no no place for her to stay, and they put her up in a barn. And Jesus is born, and they probably cleaned out this little manger and wrapped it up. And he's laying in a, a feeding trough, if you will. Um, there are some people saying that that was really common, that it would be common for people to stay in a barn, and I don't know why you want to clean up the Jesus story. Anyway, that's where, that's where they are, and um, uh, that, that's in the first half of chapter 2, first part of it. And then, and then an angel shows up out in the field, it says there's shepherds out in the field watching their flock by night, and an angel shows up and says, dudes, um, something great has happened. 
uh, an angel appears, verse 10, so the angel said to them, Don't be afraid, I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, a.k.a. the Christ, the Lord. And this will be a sign to you, you will find a baby wrapped in clothes and lying in a manger. So even the angels knew that he was in a manger. They weren't surprised. Then, uh, verse 13, suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel and pra praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. I want to talk to you tonight about verse 14, the second half, on earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. I think that when I think about the favor, the first one I think about is Mary, because she said she was highly favored. Now, as far as I know, Mary's the only one that was ever called highly favored. But this verse is not referring to Mary. It says, to those, it's plural, peace on earth, glory to God in the highest heaven, so the glory goes to God, and on earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. This thing of being... Uh, of all of those that they're singing, it's, it's a host of angels singing from the heaven. I don't know about you guys, but I can imagine them. Uh, I don't know if the angels came all the way to the earth, but when I was a kid and uh, we were doing Christmas Easter plays, the angel was always levitating in the sky, singing, Glory to God in the highest, right? It makes the proclamation to them. So I assume that all the other angels, the other hosts that join, are also floating in the air. They're, like a, they're probably a little bit glowy because they're angelic. They've got their white robes, of course. And they're singing, they've got long, blonde, glorious, flowing hair, and blue eyes. And they're wearing the, the dresses of the day, because angels, of course, wore dresses. And anyway, they're all singing, and their song is, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. They're making a declaration, certainly to the, uh, to the shepherds, but now the declaration, I believe, is to us. If we are followers of Jesus, and we are, if we've accepted Him as our Lord, His favor is on us. Not because of something we've done, but because of His position, because of His, because of his redeeming grace. Just like His grace, just like we are righteous, not because of righteousness of our own, but because of the Lord. The favor of God is on us because He wants to place His favor on us. We have, it's, now, that favor is it's like grace, it's a, uh, it's a blessed position. It's a position of, uh, not of authority, but just a, a position of blessing, a, a position of receiving. And um, so I think if we want to land, if we want to stay and abide, John chapter, I believe it's chapter 15, talks about abiding. It's either 14 or 15. talks about abiding with the Lord. If we want to abide in His favor, I think there's two things that we need to do. Maybe we can do many things, but two that I want to point out tonight. The first is we need to surrender. And of course, if you've given your life to Jesus, then you've, we've surrendered our heart. But what else do we need to surrender to Him to truly be in His favor? You know, what else is there in life? What, maybe there's a, what, what hidden things might be in our life that need to be surrendered to Him? What, um, what unforgiveness might be in our heart that needs to be, that needs to be surrendered to Him? We need, there needs to be a, a place of surrender. What kind of fears do we have that need to be surrendered to the Lord so that His favor can rest upon us? What anxieties need to be surrendered to the Lord? What ambitions 
do we have that need to be surrendered to? Well, there, we have to, if we want His favor, we need to surrender to Him. We we, uh, we get caught up, I think, all of us do, in this idea of what what do I want to do? What do I want to be? Where I want to go? What are the aspirations of my life? And as believers, once you surrender to Jesus, the question is not what do I want to do with my life, but it's what does God want to do with my life? The surrender is God. What do you want to do in me? First, what do you want to do in me so that you can do something through me? Because I want your favor to rest fully on me and on your people. And in order for that to happen, the glory has to go to God. We need to be fully surrendered. When we don't surrender something to God, when we hold something back from Him, and most of us, if I, if we took a poll in the room or set up a Facebook poll, and we said, you know, uh, how many have something that you're holding back from God? Something you haven't truly surrendered to Him? I think that just in a quick instant, most of us would say, oh, nothing, I've surrendered to the Lord. But if we stopped to think about it, if we started asking some more probing questions, we might find that there are some things that we have not really surrendered to Him. Maybe we haven't figured out how to surrender them to Him. I don't know if we have to learn, if we have to, if, our, if there's a way to surrender other than just, God, I give this to you. This is, most of us have something that's out of control in our life. And honestly, there's things out of our control all the time, but some of them we're okay with, right? We don't know when the light's going to change at the intersection, and we're mostly okay with that, unless we're in a big hurry or, you know. Let's say you cut your fingers off at work and you're riding in a truck with somebody trying to get to the hospital as quickly as you can. You get a little bit more concerned about whether or not the lights are going to change. I sat through a couple. Whatever. So, you know, some, some things are hard to surrender sometimes to the Lord. We, there's things much deeper than that. But it's easy to surrender some things, right? So... The first thing is we need to learn to surrender. So I guess the question I want to ask you to ask yourself, if not in this moment, certainly at some point in the day or in the evening tonight, God, is there something in my life that I haven't fully surrendered? And if I could give that to you, would, it, could, would I recognize your favor? The favor is already there, but I think we need to sometimes, we, we can't recognize it because we haven't fully surrendered everything to the Lord. And then the other thing that we need to do beyond surrender is we need to walk in obedience. And can I say that if we don't learn how to surrender, it'll be very difficult to walk in obedience. Because we have to lay down our own life, lay down our own agendas, so that when the Lord speaks to us, we're able to be, not necessarily be objective, but we're able to be obedient to the things that He asks us to do. And, um, you know, Ephesians 2.10 says that, that we are, God's workmanship, that we've been created to do good works that He prepared in advance for us to do. But if we're not surrendered to Him, we're not interested in the works that He has prepared for us to do. We're interested in the works that we want to do. We're interested in making money, you know, we're interested in making babies, we're interested in a better career, better car. I'm always interested in a better car, gotta be honest. I don't usually give in to that, but I'm always interested in it. Um, you know, we're always kind of interested in our own thing. We have kind of our own agenda. But the Lord has plans that from the beginning of time that He intended for us to do. And His favor, His grace, His mercy has rested on us to actually do those things. Like we're able to do them because of the favor that He places on us. Because of the smile. That favor is God is pleased with us. 
But don't you think that as a, as a parent, certainly I am more pleased when the kids are acting appropriately, right? And, and, or whatever, you know, if you're the boss, you know, you're more pleased when the machine is running as it's supposed to and the employees are doing what you've asked them to do, or the, the lowly underlings, you know, those good for nothing hourly rate people. I've been an hourly guy most of my life. Anyway, uh, you know, when people, we're, we're more pleased, and certainly God is more pleased when we're active in doing what He wants us to do, when we're surrendered to His will and then obedient to His will. And uh, I think it sounds really easy, but here we are at Christmas. There's a declaration that the angels make to the shepherds say, you know, bless, let peace be on you. At this season of life, in 2020, as we wrap up 2020, wouldn't you be, wouldn't you want the peace of the Lord and His favor to rest on you? Don't we want, you know, in the midst of knowing people that are sick, knowing people that are out of work, people that are struggling because of this, because of all kinds of things. This would be a good time to know that the favor of the Lord rests upon you, to wake up to that knowledge, to surrender any hidden things. That might be keeping you from really walking in His grace. And then to walk in obedience. And I think it's, it can be really difficult to be obedient to what the Lord wants when we're so busy doing what we want. So we just need to be careful. There's a balance there. Certainly the Lord puts things in our heart, in our minds, in our spirits for us to do. And I don't think He's, I don't want us to walk away from here thinking that God's against you doing the things that you enjoy. But we want to be careful that we're not doing so, spending so much time doing the things that we enjoy or working towards those things that we don't have time to walk in obedience to the Lord and let that be our joy. Yeah. Right? Uh, the old uh, 80s song, Everybody's Working for the Weekend, right? So we, we spend so much time working, 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 so the weekend comes and we can do what we want. Instead of thinking every day is the day I get to do what the Lord wants, and in doing that, I can have His favor, and I can have joy, and I can have peace. And he can even make room for me to do some other things that I enjoy. And in doing the things I enjoy, that can also be a reflection of God's goodness in my life. Or in your life. People need to know that. People need to, I think that besides us as believers, unbelievers need to know that there is a, there's a blessing in surrender. And that is, that's so countercultural right now. There's a whole, every generation has bucked up against that. But this generation, more so than ever, is bucked up against the idea of surrender. It's all me. I mean, it's so much so that we have our own truth. We've talked about this before too. We're so much so that we're so up against surrender. We would never surrender what somebody else thinks or what is right. We have our own truth. We have what we already, what we think is right. And that, that supersedes any capital T truth. You know, we're ruled by our feelings. That doesn't, that doesn't really feel good to me. I just want us to our attention on what is it that those two thoughts what is it that we need to surrender to and what is it that God maybe wants you to do we're coming into a new year and uh, every year doesn't have to did you know that I, we, we don't need a, a, a crazy crazy new vision for that we need a people that are walking surrendered obedient lives to the Lord so so the favor of God can rest on them and that can be expressed in a, to a lost and dying world it's so simple, and yet we make it, we've made it so difficult. You know, we've turned, we've turned this church thing, and I'm not, I love the church. God loves the church. But the, the church is not about all the, it's not about the things. The church is about bringing Jesus. The mission of the church is to bring Christ to the world. Now, there's a lot of ways we can do that. Certainly, we can come together and do it 
groupthink in, in, in the context of outreach and, and the like. But living a life surrendered to the Lord as an individual, living a life, living a life surrendered to God, living a life obedient to Him, I believe we will find the favor of the Lord on our lives. Now, that brings me to the final thing I want to mention. And I almost hate to do it. But the favor of the Lord doesn't mean that we don't face adversity, right? So here's Mary. I'm just going to use one example. I could use a gazillion of them because everyone in the Bible who's had the favor of the Lord on them has also faced great adversity. Am I right? Abraham called out, had the favor of God on him, and yet had all kinds of struggles, all kinds of issues. Job, no one ever, no, nobody else like him. The devil comes to God and says, you consider your servant Job. And Job went through all kinds of difficulties, yet he was loved by God. Loved so much so that, that God said, take a look at this guy. David, a man after God's own heart, and yet struggled with all kinds of issues, some that he brought on himself and some that were just a consequence of living for God. But Mary, here's this one, blessed and highly favored of the Lord, Mary. Just starting out in her blessed life, she had to face uh, pregnancy outside of wedlock. And then she's married, Jesus grows up, he hits 10 or 12 years old, oh boy, uh, loses his whole family. There are several days down the road heading back home and he is uh, left right behind, he got lost. Didn't you know I'd be in my father's house? And then certainly Mary got to see all the great things that Jesus did, but she also got to see him be crucified on a cross. So being highly favored doesn't mean that your children will never go through difficult things, that they will also have to rely on the Lord. Being highly favored doesn't mean that we won't die. Should, if the Lord tarries, we will pass from this earth and we, will, we can still walk in his favor. Doesn't mean we won't ever get sick. Doesn't mean we won't face adversity. In fact, the Bible says that we will, that we won't face trials and tribulations. But we have his favor, his grace, his mercy that sustains us. It shows us that even though the hard times come, we will be overcomers and we are still blessed. Don't think that your difficulty means that God's favor is removed from you. But do ask the question, am I surrendered and obedient to the will of God so that I can know that I'm basking in his favor? And not just looking, you know, I hate to live a life where I'm looking around trying to find the favor of God in my life. I think sometimes we do. It's easy to find the struggles. It's easy to find the hard things. But it's been said, you know, in songs, and, and I have a sister-in-law who has said it many times, when things get tough, I start, I just start thanking God for this stuff. And I think if you'll find it, you'll start thanking God for this stuff, you'll find that His favor is all over you. It's all over me. But Jesus is not hard to find. He's as close as the mention of His name. He loves you. He's for you. He has a plan for your life. You are you're in his favor. That declaration that the angels made 2,000 years ago is a declaration to us. Give glory to God in the highest. And on earth, let there be peace on those on whom his favor rests. Let the favor of Jesus rest on you. When you think about Christmas, think about his favor resting on you. Think about his promises resting on you. Think about his goodness. He's more than enough. He's more than enough. You're going to make it. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria. And everyone went to their own town to register. 
So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in clothes and placed him in a manger, because there was no guest room available for them. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in clothes and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby, who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. On the eighth day, when it was time to circumcise the child, he was named Jesus, the name the angel had given him before he was conceived. You've been listening to Big C, Little C, a podcast from Current Church. For more information, visit currentchurch.net or look for us on Facebook and Instagram. Current Church is located in Franklin, Indiana, and meets on Sunday nights at 6 at The Gear. Theme music written and performed by Still the Hand, imaging by Jessica Albertson. Please join us next time for more conversations on Big C, Little C.